Chapter sixty seven of Varney the Vampire, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Carl, St. Louis, Missouri, November two thousand eight. Varney the Vampire, Volume two, by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter sixty seven. THE ADMIRAL'S STORY OF THE BEAUTIFUL BELINDA Just at this moment, Flora Bannerworth stole into the room from whence she had departed a short time since. But when she saw that old Admiral Bell was looking so exceedingly serious, and apparently about to address Henry upon some very important subject, she would have retired, but he turned towards her and said, my story, my dear, I've no objection to your hearing, and, like all women folks, a love story never comes amiss to you, so you may as well stay and hear it. A love story? said Flora. You tell a love story, sir? Yes, my dear, and not only tell it, but be the hero of it likewise. Ain't you astonished? I am, indeed. Well, you'll be more astonished then before I've done, so just listen. As Jack Pringle says, it was the matter of about somewhere forty years ago that I was in command of the Victory Frigate, which was placed upon the West Indian Station. During a war then raging for the protection of our ports and harbours in that vicinity, we'd not a strong force in that quarter, therefore, I had to cut about from place to place and do the best I could. After a time, though, I rather think that we frightened off the enemy, during which time I chiefly anchored off the island of Antigua, and was hospitably received at the house of a planter by the name of Marchant, who, in fact, made his house my home, and introduced me to all the elite of the society of the island. Ah, Miss Flora, you've no idea to look at me now what I was then. I held a captain's commission, and was nearly the youngest man in the service, with such a rank. I was as slender, high as a dancing master. These withered and bleached locks were black as the raven's plume. Aye, aye, but no matter, the planter had a daughter. And you loved her, said Flora. Loved her, said the old man, and the flush of youthful animation came to his countenance. I loved her, do you say? I adored her, I worshipped her. She was to me, but what a d fool I am. We'll skip that, if you please. Nay, nay, said Flora, that is what I want to hear. I haven't the least doubt of that in the world, but that's just what you want here. None of your nonsense, Miss Flora. The old man may be a fool, but he isn't quite an idiot. He's neither, said Flora. True feelings can never disgrace anyone. Perhaps not, but, however, to make a long story short, somehow or other, one day Belinda was sitting alone, and I rudely pounced upon her. I rather think, then, I must have said something that I oughtn't to have said, for it took her so aback. I was forced, somehow or other, to hold her up, and then I... I, yes, I'm sure I kissed her, and so I told her I loved her, and then, what do you think she said? Why, said Flora, that she reciprocated the passion. Then, my rags, 
said Jack, who at the moment came into the room. I suppose that's the name of some shell or other. You here, you villain, said the Admiral. I thought you were gone. So I was, said Jack. But I came back from my heart, you see. Away he went again, and the Admiral resumed his story. Well, Miss Flora, he said, you haven't made a good guess, as she didn't say anything at all. She only clung to me like some wild bird to its mother's breast, and cried as if her heart would break. Indeed? Yes, I didn't know the cause of her emotion, but at last I got it out of her. What was it? Oh, a mere trifle. She was already married to somebody else, that's all. Some damned fool who had gone trading about the islands. A fellow she didn't care a straw about that was old enough to be her father. And you left her? No, I didn't. Guess again. I was a mad-headed youngster. I only felt I didn't think. I persuaded her to come away with me. I took her aboard my ship and set sail with her. A few weeks flew like hours, but one day we were hailed by a vessel, and when we neared her, she manned a boat and brought a letter on board, addressed to Belinda. It was from her father, written in his last moments. It began with a curse and ended with a blessing. There was a postscript in another hand, to say the old man died of grief. She read it by my side on the quarter-deck. It dropped from her grasp, and she plunged into the sea. Jack Pringle went after her, but I never saw her again. Gracious heavens, what a tragedy! Yes, tolerable, said the old man. He arose and took his hat and placed it on his head. He gave the crown of it a blow that sent it nearly off his eyes. He thrust his hands deep into his breeches' pockets, clenched his teeth, and muttered something inaudible as he strode from the apartment. "'Who would have thought, Henry,' said Flora, "'that such a man as Admiral Bell had been the hero of such an adventure?' "'I who, indeed. But it shows that we never can judge from appearances, Flora, and that those who seem to us the most heart-whole may have experienced the wildest vicissitudes of passion.' And we must remember likewise that this was forty years ago, Henry, which makes a material difference in the state of the case as regards Admiral Bell. It does indeed, more than half a lifetime, and yet how evident it was that his old feelings clung to him. I can well imagine the many hours of bitter regret which the memory of his lost love must have given him. True, true. I can feel something for him, for have I not lost one who loved me? A worse loss, too, than that which Admiral Bell relates, for am I not prey to all the horrors of uncertainty, whereas he knew the worst, and that, at all events, death had claimed its victim, leaving nothing to conjecture but in the shape of suffering, so that the mind had nothing to do but to recover slowly, but surely, as it would, from the shock which it had received. That is worse than you, Flora, but rather would I have you cherish hope of soon beholding Charles Holland, probably alive and well, than fancy any great disaster has come over him. I will endeavour to do so, replied Flora. 
I long to hear what has become of Dr. Chillingworth. His disappearance is most singular, for I fully suspect that he had some particular object in view in getting possession for a short time of Bannerworth Hall. But now, from Jack Pringle's account, he appears not to be in it, and, in fact, to have disappeared completely from the sight of all who knew him. Yes, said Flora, but he may have done that, brother, still in furtherance of his object. It may be so, and I will hope that it is so. Keep yourself close, sister, and see no one, while I proceed to his house to inquire if they have heard anything of him. I will return soon, be assured, and, in the meantime, should you see my brother, tell him I shall be at home in an hour or so, and not to leave the cottage, for it is more than likely that the Admiral has gone to Bannerworth Hall, so that you may not see anything of him for some time. End of chapter 67